Wow. Yeah, so reception. Yeah, reception this morning. I was a little bit weirded out, but hopefully the audio doesn't throw anybody. But So continuing on this uh, bent, um, I just didn't know what to share. Um, and I'll give examples. So today, um, there was the podcast earlier. Um, I just, uh, you know, rambled that off as the wife visited the neighbor for Christmas coffee. Now, so... Um, what was I working on this morning? <clears throat> well, big influence right now is Emerson. And the reason why is I'm actually reading uh, Nishitani. Nishitani's uh, Religion and Nothingness. And so as an example, well, first let's back up a little bit. I've explained this before, that uh, before the last few years, um, I was severely dyslexic, but I did speak uh, English and French um, and was able to translate more specifically uh, French to English. That's my forte. Um, and uh, as I've mentioned before, I did a, a portion of my uh, studying, uh, not just uh, on philosophy. Um, again, I mentioned I'm a big fan of Camus. Uh, but so in the last couple of years, I've expanded on also translating Sanskrit uh, to I learned Pali to translate Pali that led to um, because so many of these Buddhist scriptures and particularly mine as I've said I'm a Yogacara and I believe um, Yogacara is what has influenced everything that we consider to be modern Buddhism in a sense not not the older like Pali uh, but you still get the same teachings so as a yogacara, and I found that, geez, there's a whole bunch of um, texts uh, that haven't been translated to English. And I'll give you an example. So I've been learning how to translate um, traditional Chinese characters. And as I said, I, I'm a bit of a cheat because I've been studying the, the Chinese Book of Change for 30 years. So I'm very familiar with uh, the, like the oracle bone scripts. Uh, and, and that is essentially the traditional Chinese, which is essentially the, um, the Japanese. And I gave an example recently of uh, hakioi, which is an expression used in sumo, which means, you know, get after it, good luck. Uh, but it's been forgotten that the character uh, uh, is uh, bagua, which is part of the yijing, meaning propitious, uh, good luck, uh, good... Um, um, well, you know what I mean, you know. So I'm watching very few information on Nishtani um, and uh, religion and nothingness. And I found this scholar um, who, again, this is the benefit of having YouTube, but also the negative. So the comments made me think that he was excellent. Because he said, I cried, was one commenter. He said he cried at the end of the lecture. And so I go into it with an open mind. And so he begins, again, this is Nishitani. Nishitani is talking about um, being, right? Uh, he actually was a contemporary of Heidegger. He actually studied under Heidegger. Uh, so arguably that's why I say Nietzsche and Emerson are, are um, an influence of them both. I recommend you read The Oversoul in Circles to get this idea of the Yogacaran. I argue uh, Nietzsche 
was a yoga karan as well. Zen is yoga karan. Emerson was also speaking on these same terms. So he goes on and talk uh, wants to talk about um, the Japanese character um, for um, for a human being. And so he breaks down the two characters. The first one, which is uh, Ren. I'm sorry, I had a <laughs> brain freeze there. They call it Nin in Japanese, but uh, Ren in Chinese. And the character, if you actually see how it should be written, not the way that he was showing, it's the simplified version, you can see that it's a person who's walking, this idea of action, movement, right? Which is exactly what Nishitani is talking about, the fact that you must be in this place. I love that he even uses the term basho, which is another uh, reference to sumo. The idea of basho actually means the theater of, we call it combat, but action. If you look at the, the two characters that make up basho, uh, which means, you know, where people, you know, where the action happens, right? The, the metal meets the meat, this sort of idea. Um, and human living human being in the Chinese and Japanese. Both are the same two characters. First character, Ren, very simple. It, it's the person walking. You can kind of see it because, again, this is where the first make, mistake came in of this uh, scholar on Nishitani. He proceeds to say that the character Ren is actually two people uh, together. You see the person holding each other up. Right away, I saw a mistake, and it's because he wants to push this idea of not the idea of self and place, as Nishitani is trying to teach, but he's definitely about the self and others, right? And he proceeds to translate the second character, the character that's a little more important because one is person, the other is human being. What's the difference? He didn't translate it very well. The second character, Ma, is a combination of both and he was right, he, he translates the one character as son, and the other as gate, or a doorway. And the idea, going back to the Oracle Bone script, is like moonlight through a doorway. But I actually will point you to the uh, Japanese, um, the Tori, this idea of the gateway to the divine, right? The Tori gates, the Tori... And actually, that translates as um, uh, the abode of birds kind of idea. But sun is just one translation of that uh, portion of the character, same as gate or doorway. What it's usually meant to denote is month or day or time. So he did correctly translate it as space, but not the idea that's meant. It's meant for the passage of time. So this character actually means the time of daylight, right? From dawn to dusk. So it's denoting the passage of time. So when you add Ren and Ma, you get um, the passage of time, your existence. You must actually live it for it to be a thing. And again, like I said, it's definitely not, Ren is definitely not a character of two people because that would actually be Ren Ren, or in his case, Nin Nin. That would be uh, two people. So again, this is a character of one person. We're talking about the self. Because if you actually translate what's um, considered 
the school of consciousness only in Chinese, it actually breaks down to mean the school of the nature of self, which is Yogacara. <laughs> and so uh, that led me to go back to my favorite teacher of this. His name is Chur Yi. I've mentioned this before. Chur Yi. Uh, it means um, master calm, master change. I argue it means uh, master calm and change. Because what he taught was this idea of Li Ling, uh, Xing, sorry, Li Xing, this idea of both practice and intention. And he also taught um, Bagua, uh, an idea of balance, right? So he taught what was in Chinese. Um, uh, it's uh, Shamatha and Vipassana, but he taught it as um, uh, Guan Chiguan. Chiguan. Uh, so, this idea of calm and um, contemplation or insight, Guan actually means to watch or to observe, it's near perfect in that sense. So it actually led me to another scholar who actually understands this a little bit better. Because again, Nishitani, I argue, is just sharing the same ideas that go back to 500 CE with Chiri, who is talking about this nature of self. Not that different from Emerson's circles. The idea the the nature of self lies in our relationship with our environment, yes, others as well, but much more how we interact and perceive and value and rate those uh, dharma about, right? So meaning people, places, ideas, thoughts, feelings, everything, the entirety. So this led me to one, two, three, four scholars who agree with me that in no small part Chur Yi is a progenitor of this Zen lineage. And why do I mention this? I forgot to mention that Nishitani himself was a Zen monk and, um, like I said, a student of Heidegger, but, but a, a lover of Nietzsche, Nietzsche, just like myself. And so it led me to this idea of there's actually... Um, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's uh, one of the Dharma Sutras, or the Dhyana Sutras, which they consider the Zen Sutras. I find it hilarious because some of them don't fit, but one of them that isn't even listed or normally talked about is number 620. Um, it's called, uh, pardon my Chinese here, the Chur Chan Ping Piao Fa. So what that breaks down to, and we'll go backwards, fa means the way, or the practice, or solution, or um, even school. Uh, piao is uh, medicine, like, you know, the ultimate medicine, I guess you could say. Is it close to the vai uh, in Sanskrit? So the chanping, which is funny, is actually um, Zen illness, or the sickness of Zen, so chur again, um, chur uh, in this case means um, proper, correct, uh, the teaching, the lesson. Uh, but this isn't translated into English yet, sadly. But within this, 
is this idea that Chiri references that um, Chan before Chiri didn't exist except for this idea that the meditation was sitting alone. So if the tradition came in via Bodhidharma a hundred years before or even longer, right? Then why was it considered sitting? This, like I've mentioned before, Zazen is often translated as sitting meditation. But no, if you look at the character Zazen, it's literally the exact same as human. The idea of how you comport yourself in your daily life. That's what makes you human. And that's what Zazen is. That's Satisampajana. That's remembering to carry yourself that the ego is not the center. Permanence is not a thing. Again, Emerson, circles. Permanence is an illusion of perception. And you remember that and you bring clear comprehension to all of life's, all of life's daily activities. So that's what led me to, once again, there's a need to translate because here we have scholars who do read and translate the Chinese referencing these works that nobody can go and, and look up and read. I mean, even the, the uh, I've mentioned this before, the mechanically uh, automated, whatever you'd call it, the, the, uh, the uh, computer-assisted translation, just, it just doesn't do it. It just doesn't do it, particularly in these cases. But what's worse yet is we see earlier I did a, a podcast that was subtly calling out people who are uh, changing the definitions of, uh, of, of words. And here we go again. We have someone who's saying, you know, uh, this uh, idea of humanness means, you know, that how we support each other. When in reality, it doesn't say that at all. And more importantly, um, it misses this whole idea of uh, self-reliance from Emerson uh, and Nietzsche. And, and, and if that's not what uh, Nishitani loved about Nietzsche, I, I don't know what, right? Because those who read him... Just as I said before, the, uh, the impermanent nature of all things is a very, very powerful, empowering thing, not a nihilistic thing. It's the lovers of the body or the deniers of the soul that tend to nihilism. As Nishitani said, as Nietzsche said, and as Emerson alludes to. So on that note... Um, I've started translating that uh, sutra, uh, which, as I said, it translates as um, the great uh, cure for the Zen sickness, or the way of the great cure of Zen sickness. And what is that? It's what we've been talking about. It's 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 doubt that doesn't. Um, Empower is it's uh, faith that doesn't sustain. It's the idea of, and I mentioned it at the very beginning in Chan. One of the great lessons of Chan is this idea of Li and Sing. So the idea of for Sing the practice. So you're actually doing these things, 
but it's the Li that's most important because this is the lesson that Bodhidharma taught coming into China and the lesson that Zhe Yi had to reinforce. And here I am, over a thousand years later, needing to reinforce this same lesson. That even more important than practice, more important than qi, which is your life force, your breath, is li. Li, this idea of intention. Right? If you light the incense, the candle, and open the book without intention, you're wasting your time. This was the lesson. This is a misunderstanding. Why is Chur Yi not considered a patriarch or a founder of Chan, of Zen? Because they didn't understand that when he talks about the, honestly, he came up with this idea of uh, the importance of the Bodhisattva vows. Not for looking outside of oneself, not, or as it mentions, to study all of the dharmas of nirvana. No. The Dharma of Nirvana is like Emerson's nature is to be experienced all around us. The critique of rites and rituals and of sitting includes the burying oneself in tomes, in books, in discussion of scholarly works rather than going out and producing, creating, creating, because it's in the creation that we see the Dharma, right? The Zen is like the, the uh, Bhagavad Gita. I've said this before. I think the teaching flows from here. And the final lesson is there's many, many paths, like Churyi said, right? Sentient beings are innumerable, as are uh, the doorways to the Dharma of Nirvana. And the Bhagavad Gita taught many ways to access um, our ultimate, our, our, our meaning. But the most important is action. And that's what Nietzsche was teaching. That's what Emerson was trying to get across. This idea of the oversoul, right? that we need to have a template that um, makes us have faith outside of ourselves. And, and in so doing, that's how we create and make ourselves better. There is a community of support within this, but, but the hinge pin is this seeming dichotomy, not dissimilar from impermanence and permanence, right? The truth of impermanence is an absolute. A seeming dichotomy, it's actually liberating, call it a koan even, in the idea that the self is both the barrier and the tool to liberation. And in this case, we see this same dichotomy that awareness of the nature of self, the nature of others, that the universe is mind alone, doesn't become a nihilistic insight. It's 
what we are actually seeing as the source of religious experience, fasting, um, vision quests, sweat lodges, advanced meditation, psychedelic experience, near life, near death. I apologize. Look at my Buddhist tendencies here. Near uh, death um, experiences. This idea that, I argue, without the context, without the language to express what this ego contextualization is, recontextualization, we tend to religious or God or metaphysical language. But in reality, this melting away of preferences, that alaya vijnana, I've talked about that storehouse of self, the configuration file of the mind, the self never existed. We've built it piece by piece over a lifetime and continue to attach to it, rebuild it again and again, moment after moment after moment. So that moment, that awake, essentially, this is what uh, dream yoga is meant to do, is to be able to um, be more aware in the transition period, but not, not often experienced, is the state of n no self. And what I mean by that, I hesitate, of course, because there never was a self, so it's not like the idea. So that's why I say the recontextualization of self. The self is a construct that we attach to from moment to moment. So it isn't an ego death when we get into these states. It's an awakening to the reality of other, the idea that we aren't the center of the universe. And it's that simple experience, expression of a truth that is transformational. And I was trying to explain this to a religious believer, the idea that I think it's, it's something that happens within. We think it's the activation of something chemical, be it serotonin receptors. We think it might be something exogenous when we think it's a psychedelic. Uh, we think it might be just the pressure. Uh, I argue it's an innate ability, which, once again, Nishitani talks about. This is um, Hongaku in Chinese, Shikaku, Shikaku in, China, in Japanese, I believe. This idea that we're both, um, it's both awakening to a pre-existing awareness and um, the effort required to uh, access it. So it's both innate and acquired. It sounds, once again, like a dichotomy, but it's not. Because I love, actually, this old expression. It's like... Um, um, the veil melting from your eyes. So we put before us delusions, preferences, um, deceptions, self-deceptions. Uh, in, in, in Sanskrit, maya, illusion. We live a theater because we don't want to believe the true nature of self. And so that's 
this experience, a recontextualization of self, so that the self doesn't disappear, right? Because you can't. It's a barrier uh, to absolute liberation. Um, but it's the greatest tool to insight. So we, once again, step into this. But we can minimize the attachment and thereby minimize our distraction or noise as the pre preferred uh, term is nowadays so that we can see through um, again this uh, reasoning overcome irrationality or bias or preference and not in a stoic sense uh, not in a uh, modern Taoist sense but, but in a much more mm, Jainist sense of accepting all of creation as an expression of your existence. Kind of like Ken Emerson's nature that it's it's our interaction with nature that not only produces the, the beauty of um, existence itself, nature, but brings about the potential. It's our appreciation for and our love of and arguably even our I don't know how to express this. Um, the idea that we're an emergent being and, and Emerson believes that the self is emergent just like Nishitani, this idea that it's place. And without us understanding that existence requires place, but it only requires presence, if you follow what I mean. It's, it's the uh, Hongaku. It's you awaken to the truth by simply no longer attaching to distruth. That sounded terrible. Anyways, I'll just leave it at that. Um, started this morning. Um, yeah. Actually, we were translating something different earlier this morning. but So here we are today. Um, after, I don't know, five or six hours of study. Um, I'm among the very few on this planet who believes Churyi is 100% um, part of the lineage of Chan, of Zen. Arguably, I think, next to Bodhidharma, if he was existing, the most important. Yes, even more important than uh, Mr. One-Arm. Because he systematized Buddhism for all the schools that followed. He also taught the true path of, uh, what was this, um, how did they say this in Chinese? Um, samadhi. Samadhi. Guan, guan Fa. Guan Fa, Samadhi, um, Fa, something like that. And it's actually a sutra in Chinese that's literally the uh, the samadhi of the Buddha. 
and it's teaching this idea of the four samadhis of uh, sitting samadhi, standing samadhi, uh, half sitting, half standing, and uh, not sitting, not standing. So literally non-stop. And what's funny is the foremost scholar on this, I would say Swanson, was talking about his opinion that he definitely um, influenced Chan and, and arguably probably created what we consider modern Zen he also mentioned the fact that um, they kind of misunderstood it over and over again, right? Because we have sex that think it's just sitting, sex that, you know, think it's standing and not as common nowadays, but jikung, uh, tai chi, um, these uh, so forms would be considered like a standing alone. Uh, and then we have the combination, right? Ones that will do, um, chan is actually common, They'll do uh, sitting and walking. Um, yeah, they'll walk around chanting the, uh, the Heart Sutra. Uh, but, sadly, do we have one that's teaching what I've been trying to say? Is that the Four Samadhis is to remind us. And you know what's funny too? Is that within the Jnana Sutras or the Zen Sutras, they have the Anapanasati. So the Anapana. Uh, sutra, sorry, the Anapana Sutra is uh, to follow the breath. But they don't have the Sati uh, Sampajana, uh, the Sati um, Satipatthana. Satipatthana. There's also the Maha Satipatthana, but uh, the Satipatthana literally teaches this idea of Sati Sampajana that you are to remember these noble truths, these understandings of ego and permanence. And apply these truths with clear comprehension to all of life's activities. And if that ain't Zen, I don't know what is. <laughs>